This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and welcome to my podcast, Cleaning Up the Mental Mess, a podcast dedicated to helping you take back control of your mind, mood and mental health. In this episode, I interview blogger, top podcast host and health and wellness influencer Jordan Younger on how Lyme disease can affect your mental health, her personal health journey, how to help someone who has chronic health issues, how to manage your mental health if you have a chronic physical issue and more. If you enjoy my podcast and want to know how you can help me continue making them possible, please consider subscribing wherever you listen and leaving a five-star review. And please continue sharing this podcast with friends, family, and on social media. And now, on to today's interview. Jordan, I'm so pleased to interview you today. This is going to be so interesting to talk about your journey with Lyme disease and health and how you've approached it and all the great information you put out there. And so welcome and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited to talk to you and this will be great. It's going to be it's going to be so interesting. Well, let's start by you introducing yourself to my audience. They've heard your bio, but tell us something that's not in your bio and what motivates you to do what you do. Okay, something that's not in my bio. I recently got married. Oh, congratulations. 7 months ago. Thank you. Okay. And it's been really fun to be a newlywed during this time, just at home together. I was going to say you really have got, we had a chance to bond. <laughs> oh, yeah, spending all the time together. We have a cat. He just oh. turned five. He's like our little baby. Oh, lovely. That's a little bit about my home life. And what motivates me is just getting healthy, healing, sharing the healing message with the world after so much of what I've been through, which I'm sure we'll get into. Yes. And that's definitely what motivates me every day is just helping other people deal with the complications that come along with having a chronic illness and also keeping the hope alive that healing is possible even when it seems and feels like it's not possible. Mm, that's so good. Keeping that hope alive that healing is possible and even when it feels like just nothing's working, no doctor can find their solution, nothing seems to be working. So tell us your journey. What is your story? Well, let's see here. I could go <laughs> way back. I've had health issues for a long time. My parents say I was born with stomach issues, oh. colic as a baby. Food always gave me a lot of trouble. When I was a baby, I threw up my food, like everything my parents would give me. So they mm. were very at a loss, which is why I say my parents understand me more than anyone to this day. Yeah. They know this is this is not a fad. This is not a trend. This is not mm -hmm. something that popped up later in life. This is how I was born. And whether it's in my DNA or in my family lineage or just who I am, it's, it's yeah. part of something that I have dealt with for a very long time. So mm -hmm. I always worked to manage that. And I think, I mean, I know actually that's why I've always been such a lover of all things health and wellness and fitness because I had to lean on those things starting from a very young age. So when I was about 11, I went gluten-free before gluten-free was a big deal that was talked about. There was nothing available gluten-free, yeah. no breads, none of that at the grocery store. I mean, it was really just cutting out a lot of food. I also went vegetarian to combat some of these stomach issues that I was having at a very young age. So those things mm -hmm. helped. And then... I had a very normal life other than, other than that. I went to college and when I was in college, I 
started experiencing a lot more health issues with insomnia. These stomach issues got mm-hmm. very severe, very intense. And for a while, it was still manageable. I went fully vegan from being vegetarian. Wait, if I may interrupt you, did you say stomach issues? Was it a GI tract? Were you battling with sort of IBS or digestive issues or just a whole combination? Yeah. So at the time, there was no diagnosis for it. I saw every doctor under the sun. I got endoscopies, colonoscopies. There was never anything wrong, which was actually very frustrating because I knew something's very wrong. And I would tell my mom, starting when I was like 16, Mm. I would tell my mom, one day I'm going to be diagnosed with a very serious disease and we will finally understand what's going on. But I promise... I will either go to my grave having no answers or I will be yeah. diagnosed with something very serious because this is not normal. And no. No mm-hmm. answers is so frustrating, so upsetting. Mm-hmm. Like I said, saw every type of doctor, every type of everything. Psychiatrists, mm-hmm. acupuncturists, functional medicine doctors. You did it all. You've done it all. Yeah, all of it. So I went vegan, kind oh. of trying to just... Before you, before you carry on with that, just seeing if I could ask you, just that journey alone of going into the medical world and having every test under the sun and every doctor that you could possibly, and every angle from acupuncture to an endoscopy, you know, to the east and west, and you, you tried everything, that journey, how did you... I mean, that's hard. It's very difficult. What did you feel? How did you cope? Well, I mean, at the time, I just, since I had no answers and I had nothing to really hold on to other than the way that I felt, I just, Mm -hmm. I was very frustrated, but I didn't even know that I was being failed by the medical system at the time. I just felt like there's something wrong with my body. There's something very wrong. And What I had felt was I'm just too sensitive to live in this world. I think my body is too sensitive for this this world. And I felt that I was the only one and that nobody else could possibly feel this way because I didn't know anyone in my personal life that felt this way. So it was very interesting when I started my blog seven years ago. How many people are battling? Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I I didn't start a blog based off of these chronic symptoms. I started a health and wellness blog to talk about vegan food and just the healthy lifestyle that I loved. But ultimately, because I'm a writer and I share so much of my heart, I talked about the health issues here and there. And it was wild from the very beginning how many people could relate. And so I started noticing and my family started noticing Mm. there are thousands of Jordans out there. Out there. Thousands, well, tens, hundreds, millions, actually, hundreds of yeah. thousands of people who feel this way and have no answers. So that was really nice to finally have a community that understood. I'm sure. I was not a chronic illness blogger. It was just something that would come into my blog every so often. Yeah. It was about four years ago that my health completely started to break down. So I went from managing these symptoms and living my life and having a fairly normal, active life. I was running marathons. I was doing everything, running my business. My health really started breaking down. I started getting full body hives. I woke up wow. day with hives all over my body. They didn't go away for 10 months. Wow. And that was the first time that I really realized what it's like to have something chronic chronic that just doesn't go away, doesn't get better with any second of any day, no relief. So that was happening. And at the same time, I found out that I had a uterine fibroid. So really large fibroid on my uterus, the size of a grapefruit, which was really surprising because of living this healthy lifestyle. And I'm young at the time I was very frustrating. Yeah. 20, 25 or 26 when I found that out and that happened. I was chronically fatigued. So I was in this new relationship with my now husband. He was my boyfriend at the time. And I just didn't want to do anything all of a sudden, just going out on a date or going out with friends, doing anything Mm -hmm. social sounded like the hardest, most exhausting thing in the entire world. Same. And months went on. I tried to heal in many ways. 
I am very spiritual, which I'm sure you know. And so I'm trying to heal in all these spiritual ways. Like Mm -hmm. I'm just going to go to Bali. I'm going to take a break from work. I'm going to do all these healing modalities in Bali. Mm. I must just be burnt out and stressed or allergic to something. And everything came into my mind, but my health just got worse and worse. Mm. And I went on that solo trip to Bali, which ended up being a pretty horrible time because I couldn't get out of bed. And I realized there, I need to go home and I need to get medical help because I, I can't heal on my own, but mm-hmm. I was so jaded and frustrated Shame. from the medical world because I had never gotten answers. This episode is brought to you in part by International Justice Mission. For more than 20 years, International Justice Mission has worked to end slavery and violence around the world and create more just communities where people aren't trafficked or abused in the first place. And an important part of this work is to provide trauma-informed therapy and care to people who have experienced this type of abuse. People like Ruby, who is from the Philippines. Ruby was 15 years old when her parents died. Shortly after, she was offered a job at an internet cafe across the country. But as soon as she arrived, she knew she had been tricked. Instead of working at an internet cafe, Ruby was sexually exploited over webcams to predators around the world. In an IJM undercover operation, Ruby was rescued and brought to safety. But that was only the beginning of her journey to freedom. For years after her rescue, International Justice Mission supporters have walked with Ruby to make sure she has everything she needs to journey towards healing, especially trauma-focused therapy. Today, Ruby is safe. Because of the healing she received, she was able to start dreaming of her future again. She graduated from college and is considering pursuing a law degree next. Trauma-focused therapy is critical to help survivors move forward and heal. You can make this healing possible by providing an hour of therapy for a child like Ruby. For just $45, you can provide trauma-informed therapy that will change a child's life. Head to ijm.org forward slash Dr. Leaf and help vulnerable children heal by giving the gift of therapy today. That's ijm.org forward slash Dr. Leaf. The link and more details will be in the show notes. How were you just, Viv, I may interrupt, when you went through the whole sort of medical experience? Did you find with the doctors, because they couldn't find any answers, did they ever make you, how did that make you feel? How did they handle you? What was your experience? And I'm sure it was different for every doctor and every... I mean, I was told so many things over the years, like very well-meaning doctors, but people sometimes, you know, my family doctor back in Northern California told me you just have anxiety and like you have a lot going on in your life and your family. And he treated my whole family at the time. And so he put me on an anxiety medication. I just made your gut 10 times worse. Oh, totally. And then, I mean, I was seeing dermatologists when I got the hives and they wouldn't even get within six feet of me to look at the actual skin condition. So from far away in the room, he just said, you just have eczema. There's one type of topical cream that I'm going to give you like... And I was, I was trying to tell him, I have like six different types of rashes on my body. Like you have like to look at them. Yeah. And he wouldn't. And he was just couldn't wow. be bothered. It was awful. It's terrible. Kind of writing you off as a sort of hysterical female and just giving you that anxious female kind of thing. Those were just a few of the things I experienced. Mm-hmm. Then I had a great functional medicine doctor who really helped me a lot when it came to gut and hormones. But this doctor didn't know anything about Lyme. So he ultimately continued and furthered my experience with being misdiagnosed and misunderstood because then it became a whole thing of, of this doctor thinking that I had candida. And so let's just treat the candida and the hives will go away Mm. where I was like, that's not the, that's not the issue. My whole body is breaking down. I don't feel like I will live to the end of the year. Like this is not candida. So luckily, I have a wonderful friend who kind of put the pieces together between the hives, the chronic fatigue, the fibroids, this cystic acne that I had, this overall like no energy to get out of bed. And she said, I think you might have Lyme disease. So this is a Lyme specialist that I think you should see. And it was really just a stroke of luck 
that my friend had wow. this Lyme specialist and even learned about those interconnected symptoms. So I went and saw mm-hmm. the doctor. She immediately was like an angel to me because wow. she recognized in me that I had Lyme and mold. And of course, wow. we did all the tests. The test took like four weeks to come back. And then it was confirmed that I had Lyme disease. I'm like 15 different co-infections of Lyme disease. Oh gosh. Mold. I was living in a moldy environment, which is what had caused the very drastic, quick breakdown of my health. And then the Lyme really flared up versus being in my system the way it was before dormant. And then wow. so many other things. So with the Lyme disease, that's just for the, for the audience is from tick bites. So yeah. So Lyme is from a tick bacteria. Bite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everybody asks me, when did you get bit by a tick? And I have no idea. Like, and that bacteria they can dump in you, you may not even know about it. it, can be dormant for years. And then as you say, something can activate it and it can flare up. And now they say they've found through research that it doesn't have to be a tick. It can also be a flea. It can be a mosquito. And how wow. many mosquito bites have we all gotten in our lives? Like this could have happened at any time. It could have been a horse fly. So basically anyone who's spent any time outside at any time in their life could have Lyme disease. It doesn't matter Just, what state you live in or what country you live in. Lyme you're is at risk. Yeah. Right. So when I found that out, it was wild to me that I, who someone who's so interested in health and wellness, I had never even known what the symptoms of Lyme disease were. So I would have never Mm -hmm. known that I should be asking to get tested for Lyme. And then when Mm -hmm. it comes to that, you don't even want to get tested for Lyme with any doctor. You want to get tested with a Lyme literate doctor, which is a very specific type of doctor Mm -hmm. who knows how to read these tests because otherwise it can be missed false positives or false negatives all the time. So truly was yeah the ride of a lifetime and then i've been treated now for about two years it took me one year to to even find the diagnosis unless we say it just took my whole lifetime it took your whole lifetime it sounds like yeah and then one year of that severe health breakdown and then i've been treated ever since and i have good days and i have bad days and it's been a roller coaster for too long. Gosh, that's unreal. How old are you now, if you don't mind me asking? I'm 29. So you've had 29 years where you've literally had to deal with this issue. And well, 20, how long ago was this that they diagnosed the Lyme disease? Well, they diagnosed it two years ago, a little oh, more gosh. than two. So that's really new. I mean, it's like your healing is like a, feeling like a healed person is an, it's almost like a new experience for you. Absolutely. And when I look wow. back, I know that I've had Lyme for at least a decade, if not more. So these inherent issues that I was born with, the stomach issues, they were probably just heightened. Exacerbated, yeah. So yeah, I've had to learn how to live a whole different life and live the life of healing. And I'm very lucky and grateful to be surrounded by very supportive family my husband, wonderful people in my life, but it's so challenging. And there's a lot of people who suffer Mm. from Lyme disease who have no one in their life who believes them. It's a totally invisible disease unless you have some of these Uh. skin conditions. So it's, it's very, very hard. And not everyone gets the skin conditions either. And it's, it's, it's very often only the very obvious. So you think of it used to be called tick bite fever. And it was then because it was so closely associated with tick bites and you'd have a bite and you could see it. So it was so, but the, the hidden version of it is, which is what you've experienced. There's probably so many people that are walking around with it without even realizing, especially as you say, it could be from mosquitoes and fleas as well. I mean, it's like everyone's exposed. So it's, it's so to have that kind of knowledge. So you have, you do you talk quite a lot about this in your blogs now in terms of helping people to be even aware of the symptoms, potentially be aware of the symptoms? Definitely. So when I got diagnosed and even before I got diagnosed, I was really blogging about the entire journey just from a place of I had been sharing my life at that point yeah. for many years and people were, you know, along for the ride with me, along for the journey with me. And there were so many people who could relate and then so many people who couldn't relate. And 
and who have learned in the process alongside of me. But yeah, I've I've definitely dedicated a lot of my blog space and also my podcast to talking about Lyme disease, talking about chronic illnesses in general. And people who have found me since then oftentimes, you know, ask me like, oh, are you a chronic illness blogger or are you afraid to ever heal because you're a Lyme blogger? And I always tell people I'm I'm really not a Lyme blogger. I never was. I just share my life. Mm-hmm. And the journey you've been on and how you... Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to share. So important. Oh, yeah. And I also think it's important to not define myself in that way because exactly. I, I do see a lot of people, and I'm sure I've done this too, kind of defining themselves with their disease, which I think then makes it really hard to heal, if not impossible. So I try not to do that. I try to be good about, because I'm very, I share everything. I'm an open book. I wake up, I go on Instagram, I talk about how I'm feeling, and I've had to really learn how to draw some boundaries and not just get right on and say when I'm having the worst day, because Mm -hmm. For a lot of energetic reasons, then you have mm. all these people thinking about how sick you are. And then it, I think the energy comes back to you. Oh, yeah, for sure. In this place of sickness. Mm. So I've learned a lot about what boundaries mean during this process and what to share and how much to share. But ultimately, I'm so grateful to help people, help people realize so they don't have to stay in the dark about this for mm. as long as I did. And for others who are stuck in the dark for even longer. I want to just, if it, this, thank you for sharing that. And it's, I know that's going to be helpful to so many people that listen. There's just a couple of things you said that I want to highlight that are really, you said a lot, that's fantastic. But you said things like the, the process. It was, a, you know, it's been, a, it's been a hard process. Now you smiling and happy and you look at your Instagram and everything sounds great and they can go read your blog and they can see you have, have had days. And so in, in this journey, it hasn't been easy, but you've got through it. So the key message that I'm taking away from you is that it's to keep persisting, to keep pushing through to it, obviously your blogging journey and your family. All of these have been tools that have been enabled you to be able to go through not knowing what was wrong with you and how you kept going. And that couldn't have always been easy. I mean, the days, I'm sure there were days when you were really depressed and anxious and that kind of thing. Just for a moment, just help the listeners understand the process and how you, how did you manage the days that you just, I don't want to go on anymore. This is just like too much. I've had enough of doctors. I don't want to see another doctor. I don't want to do anymore. I mean, did you have days like that? Talk a little bit about the mental health journey along this process of you getting to the point where you were diagnosed and now you can, you know, you can lead a life that's much more health-wise normal. That's the one thing. And the other thing is I'm so glad you spoke about the identity issue, how so many people say, I, I am, as you say, like I am a Lyme disease or whatever, you know, taking on the disease as the illness. Meanwhile, that's what happened to your body. That's not your identity. It's not you. And I see from the brain research that I do is that, you know, if you look inside the brain, when people's identity are incorrectly on, on playing out correctly, like if you identify with a, something toxic like an illness or once an addict, always an addict, you know, that kind of philosophy, it actually changes the way that the frontal lobe functions. You can actually see the drop in energy. So when someone is saying, I'm a depressed person, or that, 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 that's the identity. The brain doesn't function as well as it should because the brain just does what the mind tells it to do. But as soon as you shift that and you said you did that, you don't see yourself as being someone as a, you're not your, you're not your, the sickness that you were, you are healed. They would, they, I mean, we saw that with our subjects in our study, as soon as they changed that, there was a change in energy in the front part of the brain. So the point I'm making is that what we do with our mind, and that's the very spiritual part of us, you know, that whole, it's going to have an impact on your body as well. So that was just, I wanted to emphasize that. But obviously along this journey, you, you were having a lot of ups and downs and talk a little bit about that and how you dealt with that. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting about the brain. And that makes a lot of sense to me because that's how it feels. And so reframing it has helped a lot. And it took me a long time to start to do that because at first I was so validated to have these answers that I felt like I do want to define myself in this way because I finally have doctors who understand me and a treatment plan and I'm not crazy. I never thought I was crazy, but I felt like all the doctors previously thought that I was. And so that was very validating at first mm-hmm. and also very terrifying to get such a big diagnosis at once, especially mm-hmm. with a disease that is technically incurable. And there's a lot of complications and 
there's so many things that can happen to people with Lyme disease, whether it be infertility or, you know, cardiac issues. Yeah. People who really lose their quality of life and being so young. And I mean, at any age, it's devastating, but you know, these years are supposed to be full of energy and Mm -hmm. vitality. And it was just so, there was a lot to wrap my head around and a lot to learn. So I definitely went through some dark periods and I still do because I still have really difficult days. So some days I just feel very down and very depressed, anxious. And then I just try to remind myself who wouldn't feel that way in this circumstance. Like Mm. when I can't get out of bed and I can't live my life and there's so much that I want to do. What I try to do now is as I try to not it because when you're fighting with your body and then you're telling yourself how you feel is bad Mm, if you're feeling depressed anxious and tired and then you think that that's bad that makes it a lot worse absolutely you got to embrace i always tell but then also my research as well i show that you've got to embrace that depression almost like welcome it in a way because inside that you can find the message and you can push through but if you push it away it doesn't go away it just gets worse you've actually got to you got to face it and, and kind of push through it Yeah, facing it head on and embracing it because what I've learned from Lyme disease and from getting depressed with Lyme is that those little things, although big things, those big things in our life, they are gifts. They're the hardest things that I've ever been through, but it's also been the greatest gift because so much has been shown to me. So I feel like my body speaks to me Mm -hmm. with having Lyme. And then when I have those really dark times, it's a message from my body. And so I've done a lot of spiritual work and a lot of inner work to learn why did I get sick and what what does that mean for me? And what was my body, my soul trying to tell me? And what I've learned is that my soul and my body was trying to slow down, like really, really wanted to slow down and I wasn't listening. And I had always been living a very fast paced life. And I built my business at a very young age. And I was just full steam ahead, traveling all the time and working 24 seven and really thinking that that was the key to success. And that was the way to live. And that was the only way to do it. And ultimately, I've learned I am someone who really thrives off of a slower pace and working less, but working very focused when I, when I do work, get way more done that way and taking a lot of downtime and knowing that that is productive and healthy and there's nothing wrong with it. So good. Mm -hmm. And I thrive off of that. And that's been the gift. One of the many gifts of getting sick with Lyme is the blessing to slow down and then also the spiritual awakening for me that's happened with it and reconnecting to this side of myself that's always been there that is very spiritual, very open, very in Mm -hmm. touch with other realms and different things like that. And I just, I guess I had turned away from that part of myself for so long and at a certain time, my body was like, nope, you have to wake back up to all of this and you'll be happier and you'll yeah. be more fulfilled. And that's definitely happened. You probably have heard me say that no diet or exercise routine will work unless you get your mind and mindset right. That's why I love Noom. Noom is the habit-changing solution that helps users learn to develop a new relationship with food through personalized courses. Based in psychology, Noom teaches you why you do the things you do and empowers you with the tools you need to break bad habits and replace them with better ones. Noom is not a diet. Rather, it is a tool to help you develop the right mindsets around health, fitness, and food. Noom doesn't tell you what to do and what not to do. It teaches you how to look inside your own mind and make better decisions for yourself. Noom also connects you with a personally assigned goal specialist and community of other Noomers, so you'll have all the support you need to empower your change. You don't have to change it all in one day. Small steps make big progress. Sign up for your trial today at Noom, N-O-O-M dot com forward slash Dr. Leaf. What do you have to lose? Visit Noom.com forward slash Dr. Leaf to start your trial today. That's N-O-O-M dot com forward slash Dr. Leaf. The link and details will be in the show notes.
I love everything you've just said. I think it's a very encouraging, very encouraging, but also very real. And, you know, you've said things like we need, you embrace the depression and that's something that we have to do. We see that from the, the research, the research, I've been done 38 years of mind brain research and you just, you, you have to, you're, you are not your brain, your mind controls your brain and you've got to embrace and I always say embrace process and reconceptualize and you can't run because it's always going to be there so you have to get into that and accept and you're always going to have periods of depression and anxiety because life is hard and whatever and we all know that instinctively I also love how you speak about the spiritual side because one of the work, pieces of work that I've done is working on defining mind to develop theory of mind and spend years trying to you know as a scientist you develop a theory and then you spend years trying to understand what you've developed and it's trying to, uh, to explain mind and and I talk about mind as being your spiritual part of you so and I teach people with the techniques that I've developed is how to get in touch with your non-conscious mind which is that deeper spiritual part of you which is filled with wisdom and that's what you've been saying in not the same words but basically it was in this this adversity you had to dig deep inside your inner strength spiritual that's that spiritual work and there's so much wisdom in inside of us inside of our unconscious mind and in our body when we tap into that we can learn to to move forward and to progress which is what your healing journey has conveyed you know so there's so much science and spirituality you know i always say science and spirituality the same thing they're just two sides of a coin two ways of expressing the same thing and you know it's like it's so yeah that's just i, I love that i love that you like saunas as well just on a practical note because you talk about getting yours oh yeah i have an infrared and i saw every single day so it's like it changes everything I, Unreal, I sat in there it? this morning for 30 minutes or 40 minutes after I woke up and it changed I woke up feeling so inflamed I had a headache I didn't sleep well so many things and I felt like this is not going to be a good day and then I sat in my sauna drank celery juice and honestly I really felt like a different person after it's unreal, isn't it? It's unreal. Do you have an infrared as well? Do you do that? I do. Isn't it incredible? I find that as well. I get in like in the morning or in the evening or both or a little bit in the morning or a long time in the My kids all do it, my family. It's just, it just changes. It's And it's also very spiritual. You like, you get in there and you, you can't really do much except like really relax. So I, I work in there sometimes, but then the work tends to be very creative. It like this has that totally, totally great experience. Quick question in terms of the Lyme disease, because I know that this is going to be something people are wondering. What was the treatment or what treatment are you on? Because you said it's quite a, it's a, it's a lifetime journey for healing in terms of, obviously there's the mind stuff, the spiritual stuff, and then there's the physical stuff. So just if, if it's if possible, if you can give a little brief explanation. Yeah. So I've tried a lot of different treatments. There's so many different paths to take to treat Lyme. And what I started with in the beginning was a very regimented herbal protocol of lots of different herbs that kill, technically kill Lyme disease and the parasites that come along with Lyme. Mm. And then a lot of immune boosters because part of healing from Lyme is boosting your immune system mm. so that you can fight off all of the toxins. And then I did a lot of other things like IV ozone, which was, you know, they take your blood and spin it through an ozone machine and, and then put it back into your body. body. So I did that 10 pass ozone, which means they do that 10 times in one sitting. I did wow. that twice Amazing. a week, every week for a year and a half. And wow. then hyperbaric chambers, which is so pressurized good. air. Mm -hmm for healing. I did stem cells every month for about a year and a half. And I still, I think stem cells have helped me immensely. And I, yeah, I would love to continue to do them as well. Stem cells are interesting because they do make me feel really good for about a month and then it wears off and it's just unfortunate. I mean, I wish something could really last and last. Yeah. And they say, as you continue to heal, the effects from last longer similar things will last longer so that's promising yeah very good and then, yeah i mean i try to go a very holistic route whenever possible but when i was having my days of not healing i mean i was treated for a year and i didn't feel better at all i really went to my doctor and said i'm ready for whatever other heavy duty things we can do because if anything i feel so much worse because yeah. When you're healing, you feel worse. You're having it's a worse before it gets better. Yeah, die off reaction, and with Lyme, it's called a Herxheimer reaction, where you are Herxing. That's what we call it in Lyme when you're having this die off. So you really feel very terribly sick every single day, 
and the exhaustion is crazy. The brain fog is out mm. of control. So I was just herxing all the time. So for a oh, while shame. there, I did some IV antibiotic, antibiotics mm-hmm. to kill Lyme, which definitely help. Antibiotics are not, you know, my... Long-term, yeah. I did that for about six weeks. Some people do them for years with Lyme or a lifetime. And those are just some of the things I've done. Oh. And on my, on my own, I've done a lot of fasting, spiritual things. I have gone to retreat centers, healing centers. I've done water fasting four times now, really long water fasts under a medically guided facility. Mm-hmm which has helped. That's what finally got the hives to go away. Really done everything. So once again, you've done a very, said a very encouraging thing, encouraging in that you kept persisting and you've used a multiplicity of different approaches. And that goes to the whole thing of there isn't, you know, the current kind of, there's such a philosophy, there's such a, what is it, a trend, a way of thinking, a philosophy in the current day and age is give me a pill, make it go away, you know, quick fix. So you've shown that the journey was to find was not a quick fix and the fix was not a quick fix, but there was a persistence. You've got to be prepared to persist and not look for just the one thing because it's never just one thing, especially when it's so complicated. But I think that applies to so many diseases. There's so many diseases that are not, we just don't know enough about the human body and about diseases and, as, and the, you know, the genome to be able to say there's just one thing that you can be so specific. And to a certain extent, certain diseases, they've been able to sort of do that. But there's so many other factors that decide effects of the drugs that you don't know and you've got to deal with other complications so what i want to undergird here with the mental health side of what you've done in terms of the healing was also a journey and a journey where you have really persisted and pushed and kept looking and and i'm sure there were days when you just didn't want to do anything and wanted to give up but you kept pushing through so it's been a time thing and that's encouraging for people to hear in your story that if one thing doesn't work doesn't mean you don't Give, that you give up. And maybe it's 20 different things from the sounds of things you've done, a multiplicity of different things to help you in your, in your healing journey. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think the mental aspect of it is huge because deciding that I wasn't going to give up and then just every day checking back in with myself on that note has been huge. It's so I had good. a really big kind of life event that I wanted to heal for, which was my wedding. And Mm -hmm. so I had this idea in mind for a long time of, I need to be healthy by November, 2019. And that was really wonderful and also really hard because I had a lot of anxiety and fear. Like, what if I don't feel well? What if this special day in my life is just ruined because I feel terrible? And so it was good and bad because I was so dedicated and I'm a very dedicated person. So I was going to do everything. I would wake up, sit in my sauna, take charcoal, take all of my supplements fully. Oh, I forgot to mention my diet portion of healing. Yes. We must talk about that because you went, you gone vegan or you wanted to talk a bit about, you started briefly talking about it. So go ahead. Oh yeah. Vegan, salt, oil, sugar-free, very specific anti-inflammatory healing diet that I learned about, about two plus years ago that has helped me a lot. So I was just so regimented every day. I, I did feel amazing on my wedding day, which was wonderful. Good. But like you're saying, I think coming back to that mindset is absolutely huge. And just having the belief that I will heal and healing is possible and I deserve healing and I don't I deserve this forever and no one deserves this forever. You have to believe in yourself and you have to be your biggest advocate because most doctors, even the amazing ones, will tell yeah. you, you're not going to heal. This is an incurable <sighs> disease. And ultimately, the plan is to just treat you with heavy medications forever. Mm. And I, I, it kills me because I see people in the prison of their own body. Exactly. Unable to leave their bed, their body and mind, really. And I mean, that just that message alone, sorry to interrupt you, but that's such a vital message. That message alone of saying that this is it, this is what you've got forever. We, you're gonna, this is it, you're going to live with this and you've got to have this medication forever. There is no way out. You know, that sets, you actually build that toxic thought into your brain. Thoughts are real things. I mean, they look like trees. I always use these analogies. I mean, that's literally what the thought looks like of it. That's toxic and, and that's healthy. And if you, if you have a doctor telling you he, that he or she's the specialist, they, the expert, 
you actually build that in. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And yes, medicine may be at that point where now we say it is. But who knows what happens in 10 or 20 or 50 years time? We don't know because science is constantly advancing. So I do think that is a very negative part of medicine. And I mean, I've worked in this field for years, is this whole thing of we, we trained in in clinical practice to tell patients the worst scenario. And that's not shouldn't be like that because you don't know what it really is. You, there's, you know, there's, it could change for each person and you remove that hope and you've just said that so beautifully. It was, hey, you made the choice to hang on to the hope that despite the fact of them telling you that this was a lifelong disease and that's it, you're not going to ever get through this, you've chosen to actually take another, you're going to do what the doctors tell you, but you're doing everything else as well and you're keeping your mindset in a hopeful state to be able to, and that's, would you say that that's a big, contributing a lot to how you are in, the, the healing process is taking place? Oh yeah, like number one is the mindset, 100%, because in the beginning, and I think about this all the time, the beginning of being diagnosed with Lyme, I had no context for what this disease was or how people heal or what to do. And so I just listened to every word from my doctor as kind of the word of God. And I really love this doctor. She is such an angel in my life. But ultimately, I believe at the end of the day, we are our own healer. We are, we have to come back to our, to ourselves. And Mm. I'm very rooted in my intuition. And at the time I wasn't able to listen to my intuition because I didn't know anything about Lyme disease. And so I was just scared. And, and over the years, I've really been able to weed out a lot of what doesn't resonate with me with being sick with Lyme and a chronic illness quote unquote, and, and really just stick with my mindset, which is that healing is possible. And I think some of us empathic people, very Mm -hmm. sensitive people, and this has a lot to do with just who we are, our constitution, Mm -hmm. our birth chart, our human design, like everything that makes Mm -hmm. up who we are. Some of us are meant to live in a very healthy, very pure, very clean way, manage our energy every single day. Mm -hmm. And it's a management thing for your whole life. And that can either be a gift or it can be a curse. And if you think of it as a curse, then you're never going to heal and you're never going to be very happy and you're always going to think something's wrong with you. But Mm -hmm. on the flip side, if you look at it as a gift, and I remind myself of this every day, it doesn't always come naturally. But when I think of it as a gift, I'm so lucky that I have this lifestyle that I've really truly created for myself where I can wake up every day, make myself a green juice, sit in my sauna, move slow, work from home, have this wonderful blog and podcast with this wonderful community. I can get a lot of work done at my own pace and I can focus on my health and my healing. And I've really drastically changed my life around. And so I have to focus every day on not comparing myself to how the majority of society lives, which is hustle, 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 do more. You should be traveling here. You should be at this event. You should be hosting. Like I can't live that way. I don't want to live that way anymore. It's a choice. So I view it as a gift. And every time I get really down on myself, my husband or my mom, my mom, someone close to me will remind me, mostly my husband, because he really gets me on this level. No, you're so hard on yourself. You yeah. are doing, you're doing everything you can. And this is your life. And take it or leave it. Don't be so hard on yourself. Everything's fine. And then I realize this is my life. And actually, this is a gift. I've gotten to yeah. awaken spiritually. I've gotten to inspire and help other women, other men, other people who have Lyme disease, chronic illness, who never would have known that A, that's what they have, and B, that it's possible to live this way and live a very happy, healthy, normal life. So I I view it as a gift, and that's what gets me out of bed every morning. And when I deviate from that mindset, that's when my mind starts to look like that tree that you showed, which I totally relate to because I have definitely felt that way so many times. And it's so hard. So I come back to my tools 
there's a million of them. Meditation is one of them. Mm. Ultimately, it's a mindset. I have mantras that I repeat to myself every day. And I just remind myself, everything is good. I'm good. We are all good. This podcast was made possible by Thrive Market, my go-to online store for all healthy food, snacks, and clean body care products. Thrive Market makes shopping for the best products for body, brain, and mental health super easy and affordable. I love their extensive range of clean and non-toxic beauty care products. It's where I buy all my safe makeup, toners, cleansers, you name it. Shopping with Thrive Market is healthy without the hassle. You can easily shop 70 plus diets and values like keto, paleo, gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO, fair trade certified, BPA free and more. Skip the store and the lines. And when you join, you give back. Through Thrive Gives, their one-for-one membership matching program, every paid membership sponsors a free one for a low-income family. Go to thrivemarket.com slash drleaf. Join today and you'll get a free gift of your choosing, up to $24 in value. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash drleaf to start your risk-free membership and get a free gift today. Thrivemarket.com slash drleaf. The link will be in the show notes. I love that. I love that. And you know what you're saying, George, is you're underlining something that I'm smiling with because it's beautiful what you're saying. And I'm so glad that we've really unpacked your story and how you're feeling and how you're managing because one of the things that I teach and, and that comes from forget the teaching, this my research is mind management is absolutely essential. If you don't manage your mind, you know, there's you can go three weeks without food, three days without water, three minutes without oxygen, but you don't even go three seconds without without thinking a thought. And that that thought is one of the areas I work is neuroplasticity and so your mind is always changing your brain so your mind changes your brain they're separate but inseparable and your mind is moving through your brain your brain is responding and your body then responds to pretty much at the same time so you so you if you it's change is happening regardless so you may as well direct that change and that's what you're saying is you know you you you're living this life regardless these things happen so you may as well direct how that change is going to happen and you're also showing that you're not fearful of the days where you do feel sick where you can't get out of bed where you feel so depressed you don't even want to move out of bed where the anxiety hits you where the frustration of why me or whatever those days come but you, instead of shoving it down and suppressing it, where it creates all this toxic energy, and that's totally science, totally quantum physics. What you said, the spiritual is science. That toxic energy gets suppressed and pushed down, but it doesn't. Energy is never lost; it doesn't go away. It's transferred. So therefore, that creates a total disturbance in your spirit, and your spirit is sending the unconscious mind is sending messages to the conscious mind, and that comes in the form of the depression or the anxiety or the physical feeling in your body. So if you respond to those signals instead of pushing them away, you can work through them. So you might have a lousy few days but you're doing something you're getting in your sauna you're doing the work that you're doing you're writing another blog you're trying to eat the healthy food and and that's that moving forward it's so driven by your mind that that three seconds you you may as well decide how you're going to spend those seconds of your thoughts because they're going to determine the effectiveness of everything including and there's so much research showing that the way that just coming to diet of food the way you are thinking is influencing how much nutrition you get from that food and how the digestive system is working and the GI tract and what's happening in the brain and all it's all totally related you know so so your story is a total testimony to integrative medicine to the mind brain research that I've been doing for 38 years so I just love your story and I love how it highlights all of that as well so just had to undergird what you were saying there was was what you've said is so great thank you well the work that you're doing is so important and I'm so happy that you're out there doing it because this is what the world needs. And the connection between the mind and the body is, is so real. Yeah. It's so there, you know, this from a scientific level. I know this from, from a, your experience. life experience. Yeah. <laughs> Living in this body. And it's amazing to know that there is scientific research out there that backs this feeling. Are you, oh gosh, are you've just really approached this in such a real way, in such a right way, in such an encouraging way. And it's a way that you haven't said it's a walk in the park. There hasn't been some magic miracle. It's every day is work every day. And that's where mind management is, is something. And it's harder, like if you're living with a chronic illness or a chronic trauma or something, yes, it's going to be a different story. It's harder. It's a different type of mind management, but it's, a, and you've chosen to see that not as a trauma. I mean, not as a, it's the wrong word, not as a burden, but as a gift. And that mindset in itself, you live, you know, you've battled and it's so hard and you're getting better. 
but you're seeing that as a gift and that already shifts will shift how your for example how your home just that alone will shift how your homocysteine in your body functions just that alone will drop the inflammation in your body I mean that's just one effect just just that alone will increase the length of the telomeres which is on the chrome the, the chromosome in your DNA and and you need that for cellular health and so we have this such ability to shift our physiology physiology it may not make the illness completely go away but it will make it manageable and I think that's such a strong message that you make that you're giving it's not like this it's going to be all perfect and you'll be completely 100% healed and it'll be you know this kind of positive toxic positivity where it's just going to all be life is embracing that the tough stuff alongside there which makes you so much deeper and so much more rounded as a character exactly exactly yeah that's my exact feeling about it I mean I think I've seen the pendulum swing both ways where people want to look on the bright side. So it's this toxic positivity that you're talking about, which is almost just an avoidance of what's really fun. And I try to, when I blog and share about this online, just show the full spectrum. You can be positive and optimistic, but not every day is perfect. I mean, every day is hard. Yeah, it helps. I love how you say that when you wake up in the morning, if you're feeling bad, you say that, but then you build, you're balancing it with some positive too. So you've created some boundaries, but you, you're not, you're not trying to wake up every day. Oh, it's fantastic. Like, you know, Instagram's this curated situation. You actually telling them today's a hard day, but you did this. Oh, today's a great day, but you did this. This has been a lousy week, whatever. Yeah. Totally. It's so much more beneficial too than like, I see a lot of complaining too on social media, Mm -hmm. people who have been feeling really sick for a long time, which I totally get and have so much compassion for. And people feel really validated in that pain. And so then they just share and share about the pain and they complain and then others latch onto that because they feel that way too. And then I see that to be very toxic because Mm -hmm. that becomes an addiction of, of the attention that you're getting and Again, I totally get it because a lot of people, they suffer in silence and we have this invisible illness and a lot of people don't believe them. So to get any type of validation feels really nice. Exactly. You've got to watch that because whatever you think about the most will grow. So you keep thinking about this and speaking about this, especially if it's in a in a stationary position, you know, so if want to a better way of explaining, but if you keep just talking about going around and around in circles around the same thing instead of progressing forward. So that's the difference between ruminating about the illness. Great as you say, get it out. There's, you're not alone in the community. There's someone else out there, but it needs to be processed. You know, you need to be moving forward. You need to embrace process and reconceptualize, not just embrace and stay stuck. You know, and that's what that's what you're describing. Our communities potentially that started off with the with a very positive idea of sharing the the pain and the frustration, etc. But you've got to be able to move forward through that. Gosh, I haven't even got through half the questions that I was going to ask you, but I think what we've covered is just so incredibly important. And I'd love to how do how do people find out more about you? Tell them that, and then let's just wrap up after that with just a little bit about just your food journey. You know, a little bit about what you you because you know a lot about food and you've used that a lot to heal yourself. Yeah. So people can find me on the Balanced Blonde and Balanced Blonde podcast, Soul on Fire, where we talk about all this stuff and my blog, thebalancedblonde.com. And my journey with food has been really interesting. About a little more than two years ago, I went to a water fasting and healing center in Northern California that teaches all about the salt, oil, sugar-free vegan way of life. And I had been vegan for many years and then I wasn't vegan and then kind of accidentally found my way back to this life. And I'm not big into labels. I I think people have to do what works for for them. But this has definitely been what my body thrives on is the plant-based way of life. No oil, very low salt, no sugar, which has helped a lot with managing the inflammation in my body. And I became so passionate about living this way that I've studied plant-based nutrition and then gotten certified to be plant-based nutrition kind of coach for people, which is really great. And I really don't do that one-on-one, but I do it just more. I integrate it into the blog and podcast and host groups sometimes, detox journeys and things like that for people who are on a similar path. And I am so passionate about the plant-based way of life for many reasons. And I always say I'm a very non-judgmental vegan because I've come across many 
approaches in my <laughs> in my career, just with people and and that whole thing. And I want people to do what works for them. But I feel so grateful that I've found what works for me. And that may evolve and change over time. But right <laughs> now, that's what feels really good. I've gotten my husband on this plant-based life with me and we have so much fun with it. I love that approach that, you know, you're very balanced in your approach, the way you speak as well. And it's very applicable that you called your, your site The Balance Blonde because you said such good things there. And I just want to make people aware, you said something about, you've got to look at the bi, you didn't say the word bi-individuality, but you implied it. So you've got to look at the bi-individuality. So you're not mandating that every single person must do this diet. What you're saying is that it works for you and it's incredibly helpful for you. And you help people that feel that they'll benefit from this, but you may change in the future. Now, that's a great attitude because we keep learning new stuff. You've got to be so careful of saying that one diet and the wellness industry tends to say that someone goes through something, they experience a healing from a change of diet, and then that's the only way you should eat. And then, as you say, there's the judgment around, how can you do anything except this? And this is the only way that you're going to survive. And you know, there's some people that live on a, they, they, they will die on a vegan diet, but they survive on a, on a carnivore diet. And they literally have, you know, so it's, it's so, I'm glad you said that. I, I wrote a book about food called Think and Eat Yourself Smart, which brings in the mind stuff to it. And I say there's one rule for eating and that's eat real food mindfully and what so make sure it's real food but mindfully work like if this is what works for you now that's fantastic maybe it will change maybe it will never change but it's and that's so thank you for saying that thank you for taking a more balanced approach as well to the diet industry because it's an insane industry out there in some places and you can get this book that says you have to do this and you have to do that and so i'm going to ask you one final question and that'll be this when i say final question for this podcast because you definitely need to come back again and talk more but what worries you about the current wellness industry and maybe and what excites you can you oh wow that's a really good question i think what worries me is a few things one that we're talking about here which is that these extremes and these anytime the approach is my way or the highway or the yeah then you must run <laughs> and i see it with all lifestyles like i've seen it with all the diets and all of the approaches and i never think that's healthy i i do mm-hmm. see the wellness industry moving away from that because i think people have seen how toxic that can mm-hmm. be which is great i think in general the climate online right now including in the wellness industry is a bit negative. And so that's something that worries me. There's a lot of people judging each other, tearing each other down. That's just something I see in, a, in the larger world right now, which scares me. I don't like that at all. So that worries me. I want people to just be loving and inclusive. Mm-hmm. And then what excites me is gosh, I mean, healing, the, the possibilities for healing and sharing with the world that you can be diagnosed with anything. And my belief is that you can heal. And even if you have to live and manage this disease, live with and manage it, you can still experience healing and you can still have a very beautiful life and acceptance. It's all about acceptance. Mm -hmm. So that excites me a lot is sharing that healing message with the world and seeing it resonate with people and connecting with people who who really need to hear that. That excites me. Uh, That's wonderful. That's absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. It's really, really great words of wisdom. And such a lot of people are going to get so much out of the journey that you have walked and that you're still walking. And it's so encouraging. So thank you so much for telling us your story today and sharing all your wisdom. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It was so fun. Thank you. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. 
Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.